every year uh, as part of the pro-life trip, it's a great privilege to be able to go to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And one of the highlights every year is seeing one of my favorite buildings on Earth, and that is the United States Capitol. It is an absolutely stunning structure, for those of you who have seen it in person, that big gleaming white dome towering over the National Mall with the American flag hanging on top. It's a really, really wonderful place. And every four years on the pro-life trip, it's a, a special privilege because we're there right after a presidential inauguration. And I'm a firm believer that the Capitol is the most beautiful when it is all decorated for an inauguration. They've got that whole platform out there, all the beautiful bunting and the banners and the five American flags hanging from the top. It looks absolutely beautiful. However, when we're there, most of those things are still up, but they're just starting to take them down. And we see just enough of that construction work to see that most of those decorations that go up for an inauguration are temporary. There's scaffolding and lumber. That whole platform with all of Congress seated kind of in a theater style, that's all lumber and scaffolding. And it's taken down in pretty quick order. It's really only there for the TV cameras and the photos. And again, some of them look beautiful, but it's gone in a couple of weeks. And I thought of that this week uh, in relation to our preparations for Advent. Because we do a lot of good works, we make a lot of resolutions, we might say a few extra prayers. But all of these things have to last longer than just four weeks. They have to last longer than temporary structures and scaffolding. We shouldn't just take them down once the TV cameras are turned off, or maybe when the relatives leave after a Christmas party. They shouldn't be an artificial facade that we only show once a year or once every four years. Advent should be formative, it should be enduring, and it should be lasting. We saw an example of that in the Gospel today. While John the Baptist knew that his ministry was temporary, his words were not. John the Baptist knew that something new was entering into the world that required a greater conversion than anything that the prophets of old had ever demanded. That shoot coming up from the sprout of Jesse was something totally new, something radical. And it's in that light that he has these harsh words for the Pharisees and even for us. I don't think I've ever called anyone a brood of vipers, but after this gospel, I'd say it's certainly on the table. The preparation for Christ requires lasting resolution. John the Baptist didn't say, every tree that doesn't bear fruit, just cover it up with some white curtains, paint it to make it blend in, or you know, cover it up with some scaffolding. No. He said, uproot it. The axe is at the root of the tree. Cut it off. Get it out. We shouldn't fix these things with temporary curtains to cover our problems. We should uproot the problem at the source and build something new. We can't be afraid to uproot trees in our lives that are not bearing fruit. And we cannot be satisfied with merely looking the part or just getting by. We need true interior renovation. And so Christ's coming does require fundamental change, more than just four weeks a year, but all year round. However, some of us might be a little bit afraid of change, because if we get rid of things in our lives, then it's logical to ask, well, what will take its place? We might be afraid of building something that will last 
for a while as opposed to something that's temporary that we can easily scrap and start over. Or we might be afraid that a new commitment to light to Christ will mean a life of boredom and unhappiness. Well, our first reading tells us that that's not the case. What does the first reading tell us? It says, when God comes, he brings us wisdom, understanding, knowledge, strength, counsel, and fear of the Lord, those gifts of the Holy Spirit that we all received at confirmation. But more than those things, the primary virtue that Christ gives us with his presence is peace. Not just peace in the world, but interior peace, peace of soul. You know, the lion lying down with the lamb and the uh, the, the ox with the kid, that, that's a metaphor for interior peace of soul. And so when we're not satisfied with temporary resolutions and want to truly uproot the fruitless trees in our lives, God replaces them with tranquility of soul. He replaces them with peace. And when that happens, nothing disturbs us. Nothing moves us. We have true peace of soul and we are at rest in God. Maybe another way to describe it is going to be through a prayer that we're going to pray in a few minutes, right after the Our Father, where Father Christian will say, Lord, keep us free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Those lasting commitments bring us peace. When we are free from sin, we are safe from all distress, and so therefore we can wait in joyful hope for Christ. That's the meaning of that prayer. And we want to, when, we, when we want to do more than simply look good for a few weeks a year and make real changes, Christ gives us that peace. So we all want to be ready, but are we willing to make the necessary changes to get there? I think that's a question we should all ask ourselves today. So today let's pray for the grace of perseverance in our Advent devotions and works. Because when Christ comes, he doesn't want to dwell in a temporary structure made of scaffolding and lumber. He wants to dwell in something permanent, something lasting. And he wants to give us his peace. So let's give him a proper welcome this Advent.